0: Welcome back to Central American Voices. This is Susan Garcia. Hola, bienvenidos a Voces Centroamericanas. Mi nombre es Alejandra Quiroz. Le agradecemos por sintonizarnos una vez más.
1: Today, Alejandra and I want to talk about our reflections in the past month, uh, especially since the killing of George Floyd and with the revival of this Black liberation movement on social media. Uh, we want to discuss what we've been doing, um, And a lot of it is related as to why we haven't been posting in our reflections and how, of course, this is relevant to our own Central American community and our listeners. The murder of George Floyd happened the day before my graduation. So really, like it's been very hectic for me personally, um, because once I graduated, you know, the work did anything. The work actually really started for me. I've reflected a lot on what I could do better. And a lot of it was just educating myself more um, on Blackness and listening to Black authors. Um, and that's something that I've really been trying to do, especially with, again, the Centum Collective, as you know, that I run. Um, and seeing the platform that I had, especially in the Central American community, I knew that I had a responsibility to do what I can, especially as a non-Black Central American, um, and something that I've really been trying to do is reading more um, books and works from Black authors. Um, and right now, the book that I'm focusing on is the book um, Blacks and Blackness in Central America, um, which is part of this also communal Google Drive on Blackness in Central American that I have. That's on the Centum Collective um, for anyone who's curious to learn about Um It's been overwhelming, however, the past um, months with social media. Like Alejandra and I have talked about how, you know, we sometimes do need to take breaks because there is a lot of consumption of information. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's something that, again, Alejandra and I, before, you know, a month ago, this is something that we have been intentionally working towards and trying, you know, to advocate more and to center, but really, you know, seeing like there was an influx of information and um stories that um you know it it does become necessary at some point you know like okay i not everything has to be on social media so again like sometimes when i do feel overwhelmed i'm like okay let me like take a step back let me like go read instead you know like that it's quieter it's calmer for me rather than all of everything on social media again like the Black Lives Matter movement like was relevant before a month ago. And it's it's nice, I guess, to see like a lot of like work valid like work that a lot of black and indigenous people have been advocating, you know, like getting like more accepted into the mainstream. A lot of like takes like again, like I've been like personally I've been like before have been advocating for like prison abolition and like, you know, police abolition mm-hmm. and seeing that force being accepted by the mainstream again was validated. And like, I do acknowledge that like what I've learned before then came from black and indigenous mm-hmm. people. It didn't like, I did not come up with this on my own. Um, but again, like these small victories again, with like Minnesota being defunded has been really, mm-hmm. it, it's, 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 you know, there is some light there. Um, Mm -hmm. and something that I am trying to do personally and again also through my work through the Centrum Collective is like trying to like apply all of this thinking to Central America Um, Mm -hmm. of course as much as I can because I wasn't born and raised in Central America Um, and of course like there has been people again most a lot of them Black and Indigenous people on the ground in Central America who has been doing this work but I guess I'm Mm -hmm. just trying to educate myself more about it and Hopefully, also elevating that for other Central Americans as well. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's been it's been quite a month with a lot of yeah. Um Yeah, that's all I can
0: really say. Yeah, I think um, we talked probably a week after the death of George Floyd with Susie, and how everything felt like heavy. How everything felt like. Oh my God. Like, even though it was, even though before we understood and we knew that Black Lives Matters, it was like more like present. And it was like, with. I feel like it came with a lot of responsibility and how um, Susie and I decided to not only stop posting but um, episode, but to stop technically everything that we were planning to do because it was out of respect um one of the things that for me when everything you know trying to learn more and trying to not only learn from the community that have been living here from the past nine uh years for well, almost nine years you know living here in in the united states is not that i know everything that have happened to the african-american community um i understand what is the problem and i mean many times i have seen it you know in school and probably we all have seen it it was mainly for me to reflect of okay i know i'm not and not you know i'm a non-black person but how can you know how can i help You know, it was mainly like that, but uh, not only that, how can I learn more? And even having conversations with family members, it was hard. Um, As Susie said, like, um, and most of you guys know, um, Susie um, wasn't born in, in, in Central America, but she, you know, most of her work is for Central America. And, you know, I totally appreciate it. But as a person who was born in Central America, I now is very sad to see how a community over there is racist and very anti-blackness and it was it was like even learning it here even growing up here i started seeing those you know um those issues but it was like maybe okay so you know we understand it happens but like I never had the converse the you know the conversation with my family members. So, for me, I think that the reason why I have been tempered like off from social media, it was because of trying to learn more and trying to understand why is this disconnect that people think from the Central American and from um, the Latin community if you want to say from the black Lives matter movement and i personally think there's not difference and and how for me it was mainly like why why those brown for black means how can we have those statements brown for black when we have black communities in our own community you know how can Mm -hmm. how can you divide that so it was mainly like a knowledge how to approach if you want to say those type of uh, things to my family i have been said like met in past episodes um one of the conversation, I think I told you, Susie, about this conversation that I have with my brother. I, I think I have said it before. Like my 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 brother is like darker skinned than me, and oh it's yes, just, you yes. Know, yeah. And how for me, it does. That was one of the more um touchy subjects to take because he was explaining to me how he needs to react if he was ever stopped by police. And I have been stopped by a policeman and I have never felt that way. Mm -hmm. And if people, yeah. And then then that's when I was like, okay, I understand what's the problem in my community. I understand what's the problem in, you know, in the black community. How can we learn more? So it was mainly like a process and a circle of learning and learning and learning to I understood why I want like know what I wanted to do what my heart was saying what I needed to do and that's when it comes to posting about the African communities in Central America for the past week because Black Lives Matter is not only in the United States you know it's like around the world it's everywhere it's everywhere and you know, even though police brutality is at the highest level, level here in the United States, discrimination and the um, and the human rights violations against Black people has been going on for decades across every single country. And it was yeah. mainly to learn that and, you know, to shine the bright at everything. You know, it's not only Black Lives Matter here, it's life light Black Lives Matter everywhere. So that's what I have been doing. And as being a, definitely a roller coaster of learning, of checking myself, of even checking the things that I personally heard when I was little, uh, how, you know, it was it was che- it was like a, not only a self-check, but it was like a complete learning and right now I can you know now I can be more open and talk about it because I will never talk or and every and never put in statement without even knowing, without even learning because it's not from you know my responsibility to put my words on top of someone else, you know.
1: Yeah. So For sure. And I like, I do want to acknowledge that learning is a privilege, you know, like for us, we have to learn about this, um, rather than living it, you know, like we are learning all of this from the work of the people who like have been traumatized by this themselves, which is really unfortunate. Um, so I just do want to take a moment to acknowledge that. Um, and I think something that, um, I do also want to acknowledge the, you know, like black members of like our Central American community, but like also um, black people that like I've been learning from, um, like for example, Zyra Miluska, who mm-hmm. like runs Santan Beauty, yes. who like she has like, like you know, she has helped a lot. Um, I think his name is Alan Palais Lopez, who's Migrant squirrel who is an Afro-Indigenous um, Oaxaqueño. And, like, mm-hmm. has been, like, again, doing this work forever. And, like, which is why he's been saying Latinidad is canceled um, because yes, of the anti-Blackness that's inherent there. And, like, his work is fascinating. But, like, again, um, just, like, now that, that I'm mentioning these people, just a reminder, like, to please not reach out to them and have them do more labor for you because they've been saying these things mm-hmm. forever. Um, so just please mm-hmm. don't add more to their burden. Um, mm-hmm. Carlos Lara. Um, mm-hmm. who's an Afro-Salvadoran also like talks about this a lot he's born and raised mm-hmm. in El Salvador so he like talks about it in the Salvadoran context um, mm-hmm. rather than just in the US one but again also Alan like does talk about it in like the Mexican context um, Yeah. so I also like want to think like appreciate their work because um, again like they don't need to be doing this Um, Yeah and then Just one thing that I do want to like expand on A little bit more that you talked about Alejandra Was like um, You know like as people were reacting To all of this You know there was a lot of You know like brown like brown lives For like for black lives matter Mm -hmm. um, Whatever And like there was like this poster circulating At first like that like I don't know who came up with it but you know Central Americans for black lives matter Like just like Mm -hmm just like want to clarify that like this is problematic for people who are non-black central, black. central americans but for non-black people of color who like may be listening now like it's really problematic because um like you're insinuating that there are no black central americans and like that mm-hmm. itself is like anti-black um exactly. yeah when you say central americans for black lives matter like you're just completely you're continuing a pattern where like governments literally deny the fact that there's any black people in their mm-hmm. country, or that they don't deserve special rights or special protections. Um, same like mm-hmm. again, like with family members in our community, like the constant erasure of black people within our community mm-hmm. is an act of anti blackness itself. So, um, if you have done it, like just reevaluate that, please. Like, there. And again, like this, which is why, like, I thought it was really important to make this communal Google Drive of, you know, like Mm -hmm. blackness in Central America has been something that like it has been very influential in our culture, in our development. Um, A lot of like, you know, our revolutions, not like, for example, Black Lives Matter, like that revolution benefits everyone, but no one wants to give it the credit it deserves. We're in Pride Month right now. Today, today is like what the most important day for Pride Month. It was today or yesterday? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it was yesterday. So I think yesterday was, you know, it's like the most important day of Pride Month, um, which it's all, like looking at the Stonewall riots, right? Like that was like Marsha P. Jackson. She was Black. Like that came through black people the efforts of black people a lot of the revolutions Mm -hmm. that happened in Central America are led by black and indigenous people when we look I actually just read this um, article by his name is Jorge Cuellar I'm not sure how to pronounce his last name Um, he's like he's a contemporary right now I think he's a Dartmouth right now but he wrote Mm -hmm. like on um, the role of race in the 1932 um, uprising which is always said to be like an indigenous uprising. Um, but like, he also mm-hmm. like talks about like the role of like Afro Salvadorans in that, re- in that um, rebellion and talks about like mm-hmm. how like the government purposely after that, like the year after they made the 1933 race laws in El Salvador, when they said that they know they were banning mm-hmm. any like Afro descendant in the country. And, like, Afro-descendants uh-huh. near the borders, like, or, like surrounding borders, were expelled, basically. And then the ones that, you know, uh-huh. stayed were, I mean, erased. You know, like, they were just, like, you're uh-huh. Salvadorian, you're not Black. They just became colorblind. Exactly. Um, and so, again, like, the even, like, when we think about one of the, like, it's such a famous rebellion, but, like, it's always, uh-huh. like, the Blackness, the Black role in it has always been erased. Um, uh-huh. So, just, like, keeping that in mind, like, it's, like, that's why a lot of people say with like black lives matter, it fights for everyone. It covers everyone, you know, because if black people are free, mm-hmm. like people of color are going to be free. Like Alejandra and I are going to mm-hmm. be free. If black People are free, mm-hmm. you know? Um, exactly. And how like a lot of, um, issues, like for example, like immigration, which is always seen like as a Latin X and even with like, as a central American issue, right? Like mm-hmm. it's still a black issue, you know, because the people mm-hmm. who like, Definitely. sure. Like, uh, Guatemala, like uh, like let's say like a Guatemalan like me, right? I'm not black, I'm not a non-black Guatemalan. Immigration will affect someone like that, but it affects the black Guatemalan even more.
0: um Exactly.
1: Yeah. So just like keeping in mind, like I guess it's like the I saw like a phrase, it was like from Angela Davis where it was like the the seeing not the interse- text, intersectionality and identity, but seeing the intersectionality of issues. You know, like yeah, mm-hmm. like issues like can affect X group, but then think about that within that group, who are most vulnerable Mm -hmm. in that group. And a lot of it, when it comes to race is going to be black people. So Central Americans, yes, of course we get impacted by, you know, Mexican hegemony, immigration, US imperialism, et cetera, et cetera. But then black Central Americans are bearing more of that brunt. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just going after that like how you say, you know, yeah, maybe we get affected, you know, the Central American committee get affected all, under all that. But just imagine how, you know, I was learning about black communities throughout the entire Central American countries, how they get affected by their own government, right? How like or on government back mm-hmm. in Central America affect them based on, you know, uh investors and all this thing is it's just disgusting to even keep talking about because in in how you said you know learning is a privilege and sometimes we felt like oh you know i don't want to use the privilege to help others because you know it doesn't it doesn't bother me it's not me it is It's gonna affect you one way or another. It's gonna affect you because if black people are not free, if black people are lives are not important, your life will not gonna be important either. So but it's the constant learning and the constant of you know not only learning but educating ourselves and educating others on on issues like this, that we hope that soon. Or probably in a couple of years, we can see, you know, an actual change because people can hope for change, but we want it change. Right. Yeah. I think something
1: that um, like I also, you mentioned earlier, and that I want to touch on, but like don't really have like, I'm still developing it. Was um when you talked about you know like of course like talking to family members like that is something that Mm -hmm. we can do and like of course we have to use our privilege to do whatever we can but i saw a tweet today um by a fellow non-black central american and where he was talking about you know like a lot of people like of course a lot of like our posts are being like okay you know like confront your racist like family members you know um Mm -hmm. that's like one thing you see over and over and while that is important he was just like you know like that's not like it, you know, like that's not exactly that's not where it ends. Like that's not like, you know, you do that and you feel good and like you ended racism or whatever. I think his point and like I'm still like I still need to go back and like look at it and reflect on it more is that, you know, like that's not that shouldn't be like the most difficult thing you're doing necessarily Mm -hmm. like just confronting your member family member for saying like something racist or whatever but um you still have there's still more work to be done you know like when people are talking about like oh it's not just about like reading and then like talking to your family member and that's it it's just like an active process of like Mm -hmm. unlearning and relearning and as like Alejandra says like you have to do like a whole self-reflection of like everything you've ever learned really and like Mm -hmm. I mean a big part of this again like this whole like movement has been you know talking about like abolition of like the carceral Mm -hmm. system of like prisons police and everything which is like and again even that is like that's seen as like just the first step towards liberation yeah you know? like only one facet of it because the work ahead is immense mm-hmm. And so it's if yeah. you're talking about prison abolition that does require to start questioning the very like foundation you have of like how people organize how people live you know because mm-hmm. and i understand why it's so shocking because when I, I remember when i first heard about abolition like i was like i'd like to thought that was dumb but like ever since i've like learned about Uh that actually makes so much sense because like the way we're taught to live is very toxic um but it's just there it's very challenging it requires so much work like a lot of reflection but there's also a lot of active work in terms of you know like in the workplace you know like i've seen tweets being like oh sure when something racist was happening to me at work like you text me like a month like maybe a few hours later or maybe even years later being like oh that was like I'm sorry people were racist to you but like why didn't you speak up while it was happening you Mm -hmm. know like um like why don't you like you have to be a lot more active like you have to no matter how uncomfortable it is and again like I'm not saying that like I'm the role model for it there's definitely been times where I could have done way better um Mm -hmm. but it's like the work cut out ahead of us is it's hard. Um, Like there will, like everyone says like, you know, like people lose friendships over it. People lose relationships over it. Um, And it's, it is difficult for us. It Mm -hmm. feels difficult. And again, like that it's saying that itself is a privilege because, Mm -hmm. um, you know, like it's, it's nothing compared like to like the violence. A lot of like black people have experienced themselves. Um, but it's just emphasizing, you know, like, it's not just about talking about your family members and reading because a lot of posts like kind of end it there, which again, it's a good first Mm -hmm. step, but it has to be a lot more active Mm -hmm. because for example, like dismissing, like being like, Oh no, we need the police, you know, like we need that, like that itself like contributes towards anti-blackness, you know, or like, Mm -hmm. you know, supporting (laughs) Um, like the state itself, like supporting certain presidents, Mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera. Like, there's a lot of things that you don't think are directly related to race, but they very much are complicit in perpetuating these things, you know. And so, yeah, it's just keeping that in mind. And of course, like I, we could probably do like more than 10 episodes on this because again it it's a whole structural of society and like of thinking and we were all raised with that thinking and pretty much like indoctrinated with it but it's something that like it's like a daily practice that you have to challenge and again i'm nowhere near like perfection or anything but um you really just have to try your best
0: yeah, definitely. And then how you say, it, I feel like it is so true how, you know, probably um, with the protest, how I personally felt like, OK, I want to go protest, but my mom will be like, no, you, you don't have you know, you don't have to go or like don't go because you know of course the coronavirus but it was like okay is a thinking of like what can I do it's not only teaching others but what can you do actively what can you do daily basis when you see something it's not right how can you speak up how can you take some type of uh, you know systematic racism and Everything, you know, if you see it, how can you approach it that way? It does not put that person in danger. And, you know, like how many people are like, oh, you know, just call the police. How can you try to escalate? you know, or how can instead yeah. of calling the police on something, how can you help? You know, that way, no life is in danger. How can, you know, in school, how is it, Like you said, Is honestly police brutality is just the little tip of the entire thing yeah and it's about you know it's something that I have seen a lot not only in only social media you know if you started you know people that just started caring about black life matters you need to care about through all the journey to everything yeah. because all this brutality is just like one little piece of it yeah and it's yeah so I think that one of the things that I want to encourage everyone it is to not only leave it at home, no, only be like, okay, I talk with my parent, I talk with my dad, I talk with my brother, I learned it, I read it, I went to protest. No, it's what you do actively, it's what you do in your daily basis. It's why when you go to yeah. work and you see something is wrong, how you speak up, it's how when you see someone posting or someone saying something. Be the most polite way, you know, don't be too pushy, but it's the same thing of learning others. As long as we continue to teach others how something that are normal today is not actually normal, how is that problematic and how, you know, every time you go outside, every time you go to the grocery store, every, every time you see it is there. And, and you cannot just look away and be like, oh, is their life, you know? Because personally, as a person that I have worked in the in the c- customer service, I have seen it so many times. And probably I haven't speak up as much as I want to. I know I have done that yeah. some sometimes, but I, I know I personally need to do it often. And that is the change that is only if we continue to do it constantly not because it was a week No, because I posted a little black thing on my Instagram No, because it was that no it's a constantly you have to do it every single day yes and I do just want to add a note
1: um like this is not meant to be comprehensive at all um and again I want to acknowledge that like Alejandra and I are speaking from a place of privilege as non-black people and acknowledge that everything we've learned has come from black and indigenous people um and that, I mean, the conversation is a lot more complex than what we're covering. And of course, like this is more directed towards non-Black Central Americans, non-Black members of our community. Um, mm-hmm. But um, we're trying our best. And that's really like what we're also asking from you as a non-Black person. Like you, really it's, it requires a lot of work and it's not easy, but it's something, it's our responsibility. Don't forget to check out our website at centralamericanvoices.com where you can subscribe to our mailing list.
0: Also follow us on Instagram at Centown Voices Podcast and on Twitter at Centown Voices Pot for more updates. And don't forget to come back next week to hear our newest episode.